Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Welsh-based photographer David Main. Good evening, David. Good evening. You keeping Pleasure well? to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks very much for your time this evening. Um, really looking forward to talking about uh, your your work and your recent book, Newport Land, which I think forms part of the bigger series, The Moment It Ended. Um, but obviously, yeah. before we get into talking about that, it would be great if you could uh, give an introduction to your, your photographic work, your background. Um. Okay. Well, I before I sort of took up photography seriously, I was yep. in the civil service for about 20 years. And uh, they gave me a, a redundancy. I took the redundancy, I went back to college, did a degree, that went okay. And then I got a job as a researcher and a photographer for a London-based uh, data company. Okay. And it gave me a, a great opportunity to do some work alongside that. Prior to that point, I no, had no interest in the urban space or street photography or anything like that. I was just doing well, whatever I fancied, really. Yep. But as I was there, I thought, well, it would be rude not to. So that's how the Ummer stuff began. Yeah. And then out of that came the moment it ended, and eventually Newportland. Yes. So, and I started off digital, but then I went to film, not because of any... I'm not going to get into the film versus yeah. digital argument. I was given a bag of, uh, of expired film and uh, I thought, oh, I'd better buy a film camera and I decided to use it and I haven't really yeah. gone back. Yeah. So I just, yeah, isn't nothing sort of a mystery about it? Really. Yeah, but, it, but it's, it's still, as you say, it just shows that everyone's path to getting into photography can be entirely different. Um, and I suppose from your perspective, it was... The, the opportunity presented itself and you you had the yeah. ability to, to make work whilst you were whilst you were working effectively and mm. uh, make personal work and yeah it kind of spanned however you pronounce why am i as i'll as i'll say it but yeah. yeah it produced that and then as you say the the moment ended is kind of the follow-up to that and a, I suppose yeah. a, a little miniature spin-off albeit it's not that miniature, is, uh, is, New, is Newport Land, which you published very recently. It was a couple of months, yeah. October. Yeah. So what, what, obviously, I suppose we can, we can talk back about the other bits, but what kind, of, uh, what kind of spurred you to do the Newport Land? Obviously, you've been working on the bigger project the moment it ended. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that that's still an on, on very much ongoing. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so at what stage did you kind of get to the point and think, okay, right, I want to do like a, a wee spin-off from here in terms of Newportland? Um, I kind of realised that since I've been doing this job, so it's coming up for eight years now, I was obviously visiting places again and again and again. And as I was making personal work, I was sort of building up a a picture, for want of a better word, and a feeling for places. Yes. Um, and I was, a Newport in particular sort of piqued my interest because it's right next door to Cardiff. Literally, they, they almost meet, maybe overlap, depending on uh, who you ask. Yes. And I always felt that Newport suffered in its proximity to Cardiff. It seemed yeah. like Cardiff was like this little money pit, sucked all the money in, and Newport seemed to not get any. Yeah. But they very much 
as cities grew up for similar reasons. I mean, they're okay. both fairly, you know, in terms of, you know, if you were to compare to say Edinburgh, for example, Edinburgh is quite an ancient city really, whereas Newport and Cardiff are fairly new. Yeah. And they, they kind of grew up on the back of uh, industry, I guess. Okay. And because of industry, they flourished briefly. So, well, Cardiff still flourish, flourishing, but for different reasons. And Newport seems to have fallen on its luck. So yeah. I started, as I was wandering around, I started to notice that above the usual shops and what have you, all this sort of wealth seemed to, this sort of hangover from the past was sort of there. And I started noticing the way the city was and things like that. And I thought, I think I'll concentrate in on Newport. And it so happens that um, Diffusion, which is the sort of Cardiff-based, um, for want of a better word, uh, festival that comes up every two years, okay. which is run by a photo gallery, was having a presence in Newport. And they were having a, a zine fair. Ah. And I thought, oh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll strike while the iron's hot. I'll gather all together my Newport uh, images and try and make sense of them and see if I can make a zine really yeah so it, it was oh maybe cynical i don't know yeah yeah but, but but sometimes i think you there there is a there is an event or or something that happens that kind of drives you to do it and as you yeah. said in this instance it, it was the fact that there was going to be a, a zine fair zine event on that kind mm. of gives the impetus gives you gives you the motivation and, a, and, a, and an actual reason for doing so yeah, give me um, give me something to aim for because yeah. I think sometimes if you just you have an idea and a bit like the the moment it ended as a project that's just ambling along and every now and again, every now and again it goes into hibernation and then it'll wake up again. There's no real end in sight. Yeah, but for 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 Newportland, I had a even though I continued making pictures in Newport, there was a definite point for me to sort of coalesce around yeah so yeah, yeah well that, that's it and as you say it's it's i think it's a fantastic fantastic uh, body of work i i love the color i love the colors and the tones and the textures in it particularly particularly the front cover yeah. and as you say it really does capture how uh, how, how an outsider perhaps uh, perhaps mm. views views a city uh, it really reminds me quite a lot of ian Sargent's uh, out of the ordinary type series that there's there's that feel and that i think commonality to it with you exploring the welsh towns yeah. and, and cities and villages as as ian explored all the the scottish ones and obviously this yeah. one i suppose is, is slightly different in that you focus pre- purely on on one on one one city here. yeah i think um ian's work must have somewhere lodged in the mind because i am i, I take your point that there is a similarity in themes and yeah. well i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad thing in, in any shape <laughs> oh no I'm not, I... saying, I'm not saying it's a bad thing in any shape or form I, no 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 i i, th- I think it's a, i think it's a wonderful i think it's a beautiful connection and i or not yeah. it's not even a connection but there's just there's there's just a, a lovely feeling that uh that you, you get from from looking at these it's it's as, yeah. as just as you're wandering around the city that isn't your isn't isn't your home you're you're capturing it from how from how an outsider would would view it and i, th- mm. I think you, you see things that us that people will go by and miss every single day 
Yeah, I think, uh, but obviously, all photographers are influenced by other photographers. Absolutely. I've never met anyone who's who's not been. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was... Newport is just one of those places where I think it's got a a character all of its own. And I think that's maybe what I was trying to, trying to understand rather than look at the people, look at the place and see if that could give me a sense of, of how a place is. Cause I think talk to people, stop people in the streets and maybe photograph them and and just chat to them and they'll give you a viewpoint of how a place is, but that doesn't necessarily explain how a place is because you could meet somebody who's having a really bad day and hates the place and we'll tell you so. <laughs> yeah. And if you could, you could meet somebody who, who loves living there. So, yeah. So I think I'll, I'll leave it for others to decide whether I've been successful in teasing something out of it, but that was certainly my, that's what I was trying to do anyway. Yeah, no, I, I think, it, I think it comes across really well. Um, as I say, I, I I think the sequencing and I think the, the subject matters that you cap, you've captured as, as well work really, really well. I, I love the vibrancy of the colours. Mm. Um, yeah, just so, some of the, the, the greens and the, the green and the red wall. I think yeah. they're, they're, just, they're, just, they're just fantastic that most people will just walk past and never actually, never actually notice. But mm. it's a... In a, in a way, because I'd been making loads of black and white work well, I say black and white. I mean, it was all shot in colour. It was done digitally and yes. turned into black and white for the for the Emma stuff. Yeah. I almost, it was like a, a return to colour for the sake of colour as well. Colour as the subject in, yes. in some respects. Okay, yeah. So it's like a palette cleanser for whatever comes next. Yeah. Uh, yeah which well, is more that, of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and, and do you see yourself doing obviously continuing to add to the larger project, but do you see yourself or do you think there's there's scope to do more one-off towns, cities or regions or, or breaking it down into a, a series of them? Um, I've been thinking about this quite a bit since uh, I made Newport Land. I'm sketching out a rough idea for one on Cardiff. Yes, yeah. And then I'm going to, I'm definitely going to do one about Bristol. Oh, yeah, because Bristol's another place where I spend a lot of time. So I started in those in the in the way that you sometimes do it, thinking those grandiose terms of a trilogy. <laughs> yes. So yeah. that's maybe for the next couple of years. Yeah. And I, I want to do something which is specifically about Wales or South Wales, but not necessarily about a specific place in Wales like Newport, for yeah. example. Okay. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, so that's, certainly that's a lot of plans, and and how 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 long how long how long were you spending photographing Newport, or how how what sort of range of, of era do the photographs cover? Because it's not going to be something that you're going to go and do in a couple of weekends. No, the the work in Newportland, I think, if I remember rightly, I think in the front I, it was done between May 2019 and July 2020. Oh, yeah. yes. But uh, the moment it ended has been going on. A little bit longer than that, so that's kind of like a maybe just a, a one year period, yeah, yep. almost a year, and it kind of interestingly enough straddles the the pandemic, yeah, with the lockdown. Yep. Not that you'd notice, because um, I mean, I don't tend to focus on people in the images anyway, so 
Yeah. I don't think any, if I'd have said they were all taken in the lockdown, I don't think anybody would have been You'd be any the wiser. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I tend to agree, but yeah, the, there's, when, when you, when you go back looking through some of the images that there's the, there is a lovely sense of emptiness in some of hmm. them where actually people might think because it's been a recent publication that actually they do relate it to hmm. recent experiences. And I know okay, they've not necessarily been shot all over that point, but it does give you a feel of of what reality has been like for many of us over the last eighteen months. Mm. I think it is, however, I mean, yeah. But often in places like Newport um, and other cities and towns, once you get off the main drags, a lot of those side streets are empty anyway. That's it. Most of the people who live there are in work or they're out yeah. off doing something else. Yeah. So there's there's hardly anyone about anyway. So yeah, yeah. It's it's it. I suppose it's the it's the nature of a lot of these locations and 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 just the makeup of them and how important did you feel it was to to go back from I suppose YMA um, was, <laughs> was 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 all black and white and and were you keen to explore something in color for for your next project? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it went going back to the the bag of expired film that was all color film, so I was kind of working um, with what you had. Yeah. But I just, it was just enjoyable because I'm sure other photographers do this. They, maybe they conceive of a, a type of image that they want to make. And even though we all see in colour, well, I know people can be colourblind and what have you, but you can conceive a picture in black and white. So you're looking at it in terms of textures and tones and contrasts and what have you. Yeah. So it was, for me, going from that way of working to looking at things in terms of colour and texture and shape and what have you. Yeah. So it was, it was nice to do. It was a. Uh... Yeah. It, it, yeah. It becomes a different, it becomes a different approach and a, a different, as you said, different mm. viewpoint that you're having to take. It's uh, you're, yeah. uh, you're looking for where, for where the colours really stand out as opposed to where there's maybe the same tonal variation that you're maybe looking yeah. for when, it, when it's black and white. Mm. And it's essentially the same subject. Yeah. yeah. It's, all the black and white stuff is all urban and street and that kind of thing. And the color is the same, but yeah. it's a completely, there's a completely different feel between the two sets of work. Yeah, absolutely. Very different, very, a very different feel, but equally so they both work. Hmm. They both, well, they I... both work. <laughs> they both, they both do work equally well in, in, in their own way with, with the approach and, and, the, and the, the reasoning and the story behind both sets of work as well. Hmm. It's uh, it's nice to explore. I think that's the uh, oh, ab absolutely, the yeah. That that's at the end of the day. I think it is all about the ability to just explore, try new things, push yourself mm. in different ways, and um, having long term projects um, that you can dip in and out of as and when mm. the, as and when the time sees fit. And you've clearly got it. And with the the moment has ended. Um, um, in, or the moment it ended in terms of that you've got a project whereby you can be adding to it on an on an ongoing basis and and clearly mm. spin-offs are spin-offs are going to work which I th which I think is a great way to, to yeah keep your, to be able to keep your interest and keep some motivation going you, you could be anywhere in in, in Wales mm. and you could find images that work well for that for the larger body of work yeah so yeah I think it's the moment is it ended has come become more of a, a body like more of a vehicle really Yes. For as you say, all these little bits and bobs to to spin off, because I think if I tried 
for example, to make a book about everything that I've done in the last four years, I think it would just be, well, I, I'm not sure what it would be. Would it be a mess? Would it be, yeah. would it have no focus? Yes. Yeah. Where, where do you, where do you begin to dissect it down hmm. in terms of all the images that you, you've been collecting from a whole variety of places? And would you be doing each location justice if you're only incorporating one or two images, whereas your hmm. approach with Newport land has allowed you to really focus on Newport and, and, hmm. and really show it and give a proper, excuse me, and give a proper representation of it. Yeah. Cause I, I think when I did the Emma work, that the the volume one was that covered all of South Wales and the West of England, and that was a real struggle to try and make that work. Yes. So I think <laughs> taking the approach of a city, just a city or a small area, in hindsight, does make a lot more sense. Yeah. And I think I could go in other directions. Like if I if I was of a mind to, I could produce a book full of petrol stations or fire stations or yeah. corner shops or all things like that. I, I'm not going to, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but, there, there are, there, there will be opportunities to do so. You could have yeah, 50 petrol stations from across Wales, a whole variety. And in fact, I'm sure someone has probably done that somewhere in the world for, yeah. for, for whatever the subject is. You see people who were Martin, Martin Parr, he did this, the Scottish letter box, uh, the post boxes, letter boxes mm. on, individual islands around scotland so i think yeah there's there's always uh, there's always interest in these maybe quirkier type mm. projects and um, but I, I like the way that you've gone down newport land and i like the sound of a trilogy potentially even more or, or maybe subsectors of it as well um, and yeah. I, th I think that there definitely sounds as though there's there's some good interest there um in in terms of how in terms of how you'd be able to represent them well yeah yeah, and I'm I'm probably a bit more familiar, ironically, a bit more familiar with Bristol than I am with Newport, which is strange. And that's another place I'm. You know, I don't live there. I, I'm not from there, so that'll be that'll be interesting. And and the thing is with Bristol compared to Cardiff and Newport, again, that's another old place that came, came about it came by its wealth for we can say different reasons. So yeah. you know slavery and things like that were, were the back on which Bristol was built. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas Cardiff and Newport, it's more likely to be steel and coal. The industrial side of it. And yeah. when, when, when you came, when you obviously the, the impetus for really producing the zine was the event that was the zine hmm. mark fair that was taking place. How easy did you find it to, to get your, to get your images down into the sequence? Because it's always interesting to hear how how different people work, how dif how different people find that as a either enjoyable enjoyable oblique challenging or just a complete nightmare in in terms it, in terms of pulling it together. If I find the nightmarish part is looking for the key, as it were. Yeah. So, um, I'll print out all the images I'm going to use, or as many of them as I I think I'm going to use. Yeah. And then sequence them, and it's just a matter of moving them around like a, like musical chairs with photographs. And when the music totally. stops, that's gone. That's gone. Oh, I'll keep that one. And the thing that's kind of frustrating, but interesting at the same time, is that you, you, you soon realise that your best images don't always make the cut. Absolutely. It's the ones that work 
well work together the best the ones yeah. that play well with others i guess but um yeah it's it's the images that Im- images that complement each other and actually bring it together as you hmm. see they're not always your favorite images sometimes they can be maybe the ones that you think are fringe images but they actually they just join hmm. up they just join up a pattern in the sequence beautifully yeah but the thing that really apart from the uh, apart from the sort of the predominantly color sequence in the middle most of it is based around the way I work around the city when I'm doing my job. Okay. So that once I sort of, that, I mean, it seemed self-evident that I should do that, but <laughs> once I'd sort of realized that was the best way to do it, it, it started to, to come together then. Okay. Yeah. So there's, a nat- there's more of a natural flow in your mind of, of how, of how it should, of how it should work. Yeah. It's almost like, come with me, follow me around this, this place. Yeah, which so, um, which is the, which is the basis of of the book, as you say. You're you're talking about how an outsider mm. looks looks through a city, so it it should be it, it's you leading everyone through through the city and down the garden path, so to speak. Mm. That's because the the first image is more or less the first landmarkish kind of building that I come across right. as I'm walking around, and um, it was a nice sunny day, so. I, I took that picture. It's covered in scaffolding now, so it's just as well. But um, yeah, and then the, it's almost like I knew the first image and I knew what the last image was going to be. And then I just followed myself around the city then to get from A to B. Yeah, pieced pieced it together. Yeah. And as you say, it's a great way to work printing it all out so you can see them wee wee small shots and, you can begin mm. to see things that are maybe jarring um, or things that don't work well or or where there's actually sets and sequences that work particularly well to make sure that uh, you kind of yeah. capture those just as much as as uh, as been in some images you don't feel fit the fit the mold yeah but it's just, it is sad that the, some um, there were some really really nice images that I desperately wanted to get in the book but they uh, I could not make them fit. Yeah. So they ended up on the uh, cutting room floor. But um, I mean, when I, I, I don't know whether you noticed, I included a couple of prints. Yes. In, and they were they were the work prints that I that I'd got made, and it was a bit. I, I, honestly, I put the the prints in the books, not knowing who was going to get them, but some of them were with a bit of thought. And then some of them were the, the images that didn't make it. Yes. So maybe, I don't know, people might have thought, what, you know, did, why has he done this kind yeah. of thing? But um, I just thought it was nice to put the prints in there for some, some people to have something. And for those who saw the ones that didn't make the final cut, maybe... Yeah, give them some idea as to why they didn't make the final cut. That's it, and it lets people form their own opinion over the images as well, because other mm. other people will see different things in those images than than you than you saw as well. Um, mm. And and how uh, obviously you've gone for a it's quite a beefy A4 size format. Was that important to to present the work in the best in the in the way you wanted to show it? Yeah, because the way some of the pages have been laid out, you've got like two portrait images and then a yes. landscape. I couldn't, to go down to A5, I felt like the pictures would become too small. Uh, yeah, so I, can, I know what you mean. I wanted them 
if you're going to put two on the page, I want them to be big enough. Yes. Yeah. That they, they, they present well. Yeah. And, um, of course, now I have to do this for every single, <laughs> every subsequent zine now. So, but, um, yeah, I, I, I quite like A4. I know a lot of zines are A5 and, and smaller in some cases, but yeah. A4 feels like a nice size to, to work with. And it works. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I, th- I think it works really well for the images, particularly when you've got the portrait images. And I know I, I've seen a few zines recently actually come through that have been bigger in A4. Um, mm. I know Chris Dale, he did one because I think he had, I don't know if it was maybe portraits, it was maybe squares. And I think it was in the whatever grid format he was working on. I think his view, I think he felt that just A5, they've just been too small and they've kind of been lost in the pages. So actually, mm. I, th- I think with all, as with all these things, I, I think you've got to go for a size and a format and a layout that works mm. for the images you're, you're working with. And Yeah, I think you've got to give the images a bit of space Definitely. on the page to give, um, I'm not that, f- I think full bleed can work, but I didn't feel it was, other than the cover, was going to work mm-hmm. um, in any other respect for those for that particular sequence of pictures. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I, th- I think, yeah, I think it works well. I like the spacing around the images. It gives, gives each image space to breathe and, and to, hmm. to be able to take them in and, and, and form your own view and opinion. Um, I like the fact that none of them uh, are full spread with the key part of the image and the gutter is in, in the spine yeah. as, as quite often you find there's nothing more frustrating than you open a, a page up and the, the key bit of the subject is right down yeah. in the, right down in the middle of the spine so I like I like that as well and I like the combination in the mix of landscape and two portraits or or one and one mm. and it, it's, it's nice just to have a, have a bit of variety which works well for, for the for the range of images that you've shot yeah, as well. it's, it's, I, I try to go for like a kind of a, a rhythm in the yeah. way that the images are laid out and try and have chapters and breaks so that yeah the way i see it it's like at the beginning it's you get introduced to newport yes and then we go into this color sequence and then we come back out to another part of newport and then we have a little look at sort of a major landmark which is the transporter bridge and then yeah we just leave the book then so to my mind i i felt there was a narrative there yes and and it all tied into how the pictures were laid out yeah and sequencing and all those kind of things yeah it ties into your journey around around the city as Mm. well you're arriving you're you're getting into the city exploring the city and then kind of as you say departing departing the city which which all works on the narrative works on sequence yeah Um, and, and and that's the important bit. The sequence is, is so critical when, when you can see a natural flow in, in a body of work as opposed to mm. sporadic from your one area to another to another with no with no real natural flow to it. Yeah, and you and you don't want the pictures to outstay their welcome either. Yes. Yep. Um when I made the the the, the Emma stuff, that was like over a hundred pages. And I I really did think that people would be bored to death by the time they got halfway through <laughs> so i was talking to brian from photon and he, yes. he suggested that i try and keep it around 40 odd pages yeah nice which number. was a, which was a nice number and it was a nice discipline as well to yeah. it fed into a lot of a, a lot of the other decisions that uh, were made then in terms of editing 
going back to what I was saying about images working, not working, sequencing, and all the other bits and bobs. Yeah, I think I think a 40, 40 pages in a zine is I think is always a good number. I think any more than that, and it can if it, it feels it, it feels less of a zine and it's it's feeling more of a book size mm. type type format. Um, whereas, and as you say, it just helps to focus the mind when when you're when you're kind of limiting yourself and restrict restrict yeah. yourself to that to really focus on right, what are the key what are the key shots that actually get across the narrative and get across mm. the story um, and the important parts that I'm trying to I'm trying to pass on here. Yeah, and whilst text can play a, like an important role, like I was very tempted to write an essay to go with that, and I thought. I, maybe I shouldn't do that because, it, like as you say, it goes further and further away from the zine format. Because yes, zines tend to be light on explanation. Yeah, and they're all about the images. But that's not to say that um, images can't work with text. Yeah, of course they can. But um, they're they're more zines as a format is more economic and. In the a bit more streamlined and yeah, that, and slicker, I guess, as a format compared to to books. Yeah, I, I, they're appealing to a different market. I I I think zines are wonderful. It's it becomes an affordable way to one mm. to get your work out to to others, but also as an affordable way for people to to invest in in others. It's for every big hardback book I mm. buy or anyone buys, I could buy half a dozen zines probably and, and invest in six photographers v1 photographer and i think yeah. now also with the with the with the likes of mixum you love print xyz and all the others mm. you've now got such a variety of styles and, and different formats that you can mm. play around with the you can now you can now really begin to get it a bit more unique and, and you're seeing different formats different styles different paper choices and, and all those yeah. elements which just really add to the nice variety of the of the mm. of the of the process yeah it does and um i mean there's there are others you could i suppose you can use things like blurb if you want but Absolutely. blurb doesn't blurb doesn't give you the 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 range of paper and the weight of paper and things like that but it's very very convenient Yes, yeah, and, exceptionally and convenient. Yeah, and their bookwrite software is pretty easy, pretty handy to use, even yeah. if you're not going to use a product with with Blurb. So yeah, well, that that's it. It's a good bit of a good bit of kit. And obviously, I know Newport Land has sold out. I don't know yeah. what what size was the print run. I, it was. Here's the thing. I I did thirty copies, but Mixam sent me 36 so it was a 30 it was a 36 print running if you like yeah but um i didn't want to chance my arm by printing more so yeah, i'd rather not print enough and print too many yeah and you know it was i I'm, I'm i'm arriving at that point also where you make all this work and it sits on a hard drive and i'm thinking it's important to get it off the hard drive so like you said earlier on about um doing stuff for yourself that's kind of half what it's about but i also think that um uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't say that my work deserves an audience any more than anyone else's but i think i'm quite pleased with it so and i think maybe I th part of my thinking was that maybe other people would like it too so. I, I i totally agree with you and I, that doesn't I, sound too big-headed no it, it's, it's not big-headed at all i think everyone's got to be everyone who puts their work out there 
they're always pleased with the work and it's always it's always deserving and my, mm -hmm. my view with photography is that, is that when it comes to books and zines there's a there's a market for everything there might not be a market for five thousand copies of it but there's yeah. always there's always a market there's always an interest for everything there's always a place for everything if you get one the body of work but then two get the product the pricing and everything else all at the mm. correct point then 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 there there is demand and there's an interest because I think people are particularly with a lot of the documentary style photography now that we're beginning to see Cafe Royale books, another place press, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And they're all, it's, it's all opening everyone's eyes up where you've got connections with places, towns, locations, all these other mm. things. And I, I think people show an in, a real interest, with, particularly when there's something that's affordable that you, you can get your mm. hands on and, uh, yeah, great example. You you've sold out of your thirty six run, which is an odd number to be producing. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, well, I said it was it was thirty, but for some reason there's only six more. So that's it. You know. But it, but it also must give you it must give you good confidence the fact that you sold out that that actually to go and do second and third volumes in the seat in, mm. in the in the trilogy, knowing that well, actually there there is interest in the work that I'm producing yeah. and the work that I'm shooting here. And I'm 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 reminded by I think I see if I remember this right. There's a photographer Jack Lowe, yes, and who's brilliant by the way. His work is yeah, outstanding, yeah. fantastic. But I think something he said in a blog, or he might have said in in a piece uh, uh, elsewhere about it's better to have a small audience that, that you fully engage with rather than having hundreds of thousands of people following you on social media who don't engage with you at all. Absolutely, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree with you more. And it's the same with it's the same with bibliotapes. I would rather have a hundred people yeah. who are who are absolutely engaged in photo books and really enjoy it than having ten thousand followers who give you the odd like and stuff like that. For me, it's yeah. for me. Although I mean, it would be nice if ten thousand of them all. Yes, yeah, so, full time job. Then. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but but no, it's 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 far it's far better to have an engaged audience. Of a, mm. of a smaller number whereby you you get some meaningful and actual engagement people showing real interest in the project the work photography whatever it is that you're, you're working on and yeah and, and yeah you're abs you're absolutely right you're you to you would rather have have, have people working and showing interest in the work than having a huge audience mm. and really no one's no one's paying attention and yeah could, absolutely couldn't agree more I think reading that, the, I'm pretty certain I read it, but the, the thing that Jack Lowe said, when you think about it, makes absolute, makes perfect sense. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us maybe start off making the mistake that thinking that likes and followers are the thing, but it's not, it's, it's, it's empty. It's, yeah, it's very it's very easy to scroll down and press like 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 we all do yeah. it. Whereas actually to, to show engagement with people in, in their work is it's far more far more valuable. Yeah, it's things like this that are, that is where the the meat of it is really is talking about things and yeah, changing exchanging ideas and thoughts and what have you and looking at other people's work and yeah and so on. Absolutely, yeah, no no doubt about that at all. There was yeah. something I was going to ask that's just totally <laughs> flipped my mind, but I'm sure it'll, I'm sure I'm sure it'll come back. I'm sure it'll come back to me. Well, yeah. So, sorry, that was it. So yeah, obviously you printed it with Mixam. 
did you have a good yeah. positive experience of using them? How how did you find it? I know they're one of they're one of a few, but certainly very popular amongst uh, people now for yeah for doing small run zines where you can kind of pick the exact number that you want to print and a nice I selection think. of papers, etc. Yeah, so far my experience with them has been pretty good. That's good. I'd, I'd say the um, um, my key concern was that the colours came out all right and that the that the everything just came together. Again, I had some hints and tips on what to do with various bits and bobs, with the uh, the way the text was laid out and what have you. But um, yeah, I think Mixam are, are pretty good. And if you've got any questions, really responsive. They're quite responsive, and um, I don't know whether they assume that a lot of their customers are like me, and they don't. Re- I don't really have a, a great knowledge of of the the, the printing World. side of things, because um, it can be a bit of a nightmare when you start looking at profiles and yeah. <laughs> true blacks and yeah, stuff like that, and you go, and you know, stuff you don't deal with. But fortunately, yeah, yeah. I had uh, I had some people who gave me some really good advice. So yeah, absolutely, it, it always help. help, always helps if you've got one or two people who've even even just been through the process before and can advise you on the mistakes that they made or or the. Mm. The boxes on the form that they ticked just <laughs> just so yeah. that you you can kind of that's that's I think that's half the battle because as you say it's you're dealing with things that you are totally new to ninety nine percent of us and and yeah. they, they can have such a big implication on, on what the finished product looks like. Yeah, but I think the, the key takeaway with anything with any of these printers is the more you get right at your end, the less there is for them to get wrong at their end. Definitely. So you know if you send off a pdf that's got the wrong profile and it comes back and everything's pink and that's on you that's but, it uh, there's a reason why yeah, there's a reason why those things happened yeah basically but yeah they're good they're good yeah. they're um, yeah it, and it's inexpensive good. too yeah that's a it allows you to create an affordable an affordable product um which yeah. 10 years ago wasn't wasn't really an yeah. option probably even five years ago wasn't an option yeah and, and the, the bottom line is you want people to buy something you've made so I think the onus is on you to make it at a price that absolutely isn't taking the mickey. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, coming on to photo books in general, I, as one thing <laughs> I always look forward to is to hearing what um, other people's favourite photo books are or favourites at, at the given time. Um, mm. Because I think it really just opens everyone's eyes to some new names and some new new people to follow that. It's like the number of names that I've been exposed to recording all these episodes over the last 15 mm. months, however many months I've been doing it now. It's, it's been wonderful. I've not bought everyone's books, but I've been <laughs> on and I've taken a look at their work and um, and, and, and it's great just to, to come across new names and new styles and new approaches. So I, I'm looking forward to your three, four or five favourite photo books. <laughs> well, I, I wrote a list and as you said, earlier, there's a, I had about 10, 15 on there and I'm quite fussy about the books I buy. So I haven't really got that many books, but I don't know, about 30 odd, maybe, which doesn't seem like much, but I did, there are a couple of ones that um, I go back to because they're they're an influence on me or that I have some kind of emotional connection with the work. Yeah. Excellent. So, so my first one is uh, Dan Wood's Suicide Machine. Ah, yeah. So, I, I know Dan. I don't. I don't. I won't say I know him particularly well, but he obviously works in the same neck of the woods that I live. Yes. 
And I I understand where he was coming from with Suicide Machine. And I kind of relate to it as a book more so, probably more than all the books I own, really. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's by somebody who I know, and it's about a place that I know. Yeah. Yeah, so there's and, a real connection. Yeah. And when he said about being at the airport and being asked where he was from, and he said, and they said, oh, isn't that where all the suicides are happening? I kind of I instantly got that. Yes. Because that's all everybody was talking about for a while was what was going on in Bridgend. But um, so, yeah, that's that's one that excellent resonates yeah. with me quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and then sort of as a complete change of pace, there's a book by Eric Lessing called uh, Revolution in Hungary. And it, and it feels to me it's a sort of it's a proper sort of full on documentary cool. piece in, in, in the traditional sense. So. Eric Lessing went out to Hungary in 1956 before the revolution and he started shooting around, uh, photographing around Hungary and then he was there for the revolution and he was also there for the aftermath. So this book covers that entire period in in detail and it's just, it's not just, well, like most documentary pieces, it's not just a documentary book, it's it's a history book as well. And it's just yeah. amazing. It's absolutely remarkable. It, look, it, it looks fantastic just bringing it up. Yeah, it looks, yeah. It looks, even just the front cover itself looks absolutely beautiful. And yeah. it, it reminds, reminds me of a book I bought on, I think it was London 1959 recently. I spent three months in London in, in the winter and just photographed it. And yeah, it just, it just looks, but that just looks fantastic and beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely book and it's a, uh, I like it for different reasons to, than I like, say, Suicide Machine, for example. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've, I'm a big fan of uh, Small Town Inertia by um, Jim Mottram. Aye, fantastic. I, that, if that doesn't go down as one of the great photographic works of the 21st century, I'll eat my hat. I mean, I, that sounds very, like, um, overblowing it, but it's, a, it's in the it's in that tradition of all the great like Eugene Smith and people like that. It is current. It is it absolutely eviscerates this government. Not to get too political, yeah. But and it and it is done with love. Such a, as, such a passion and connection, as you say, with yeah. the people who who he is who is photographing. Yeah, um, and I think he doesn't cons- the people in those photographs aren't subjects. They're Friends, people yeah. he knows, people he has relationships with, and the photographs are collaborations. Yeah, and I think yep. that's that's, yeah. that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's he he gets the he gets the quality of the photographs he's got because they are friends and because it because it's a collaboration and because he knows them and he spent so much time with them and the text yeah. that com- the text that accompanies that the images as well is just for me just mm. as important as. It's it's the wee stories and it's it's the the people who you come across on one page and then you don't you're it's ten pages later there's another there's that's when their next image appears or whatever it is but it's mm. wonderful just to see how what's changed and and what and what the caption is about and yeah I must say it, that body of work I think is fantastic I heard him mm. speak at um, at the connected exhibition last. I think November or whatever it was, or organized by Rob Knight, and it was wonderful. Just 
fantastic yeah. to hear about the work. And the, there's a gallery, well, I say it's near me, it's about half an hour away in a car called the Workers' Gallery, and they did a, a, a show of his work. Brilliant. And despite him, despite Jim not being able to be there, he was, he was able, he, he did a, a, like a Q&A over, Fantastic. over Zoom and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And he really, really engages. He, he's a, yeah. he's a lovely fellow. Yeah. Again, I don't know, I don't know him particularly well. I, well. I don't know him at all really, but yeah, he's, he comes across so well and his work is a testament to his compassion. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be great to see the the next uh, next book in terms of book two for the small town inertia yeah. thing. So I think it'll be great to just to see how things have progressed since that one. Obviously through Brexit pandemic and everything like that as well. Yeah. It'll be it'll be it'll be quite a fascinating follow up. But uh, yeah, great work. I'd even go as far as to say that someone should send a, send a copy of that book to Magnum and say, "This is how you should be doing it." Yeah, yeah definitely. That bloody nonsense you've been doing recently this is how it should be done yeah but uh yeah there we <laughs> anyway, go yeah um and i think there's a couple more here uh uncommon Excellent. places by stephen shaw oh yeah which i think um i think that does come across in the work that i make anyway yeah but i've, I've always liked his work <clears throat> again it's he was uh was it late 60s early 70s i want to say and he was one of the pioneers of, of making color work more commonplace. And he was also looking at the more commonplace as well in his work. Yeah, it's a, so, it's a, it's a great book that I really like his, yeah. I like his, I like his work as well. Really. Tip of the hat here. to him. Um, and I, I don't make portrait work, but there's one book in my collection that I really do like, which is all about portraiture. It's called Orchard Beach by Wayne Lawrence. And he's basically, uh, he's a a Bronx photographer and he goes to this place which is locally known as the Bronx Riviera, which is like a a beach where all the local folk go down and uh, spend their leisure time, go in the water and paddle about and do all that kind of stuff. And he he spent a period of time making portraits of the people. And I'd say one of the portraits, and there is easily one of the, most beautiful portraits I've ever seen. It's just lovely. Yeah. Um, but it's well worth looking at. It's, it's, it's completely different to any kind of work that I ever make or ever likely to make. Very but I'm glad that people like him are making that kind of work. I, absolutely. And, and the thing is that 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 kind of, uh, that's what I always really find quite fascinating because there are always books that, that, appeal, to, that appeal to us that we would never write make that hmm. work ourselves. It's for me personally, I, I, don't don't shoot people or animals or anything mm. like that. But at the same time, I I love books which really incorporate it. Jim Mortram's book, um, likes of Ragnar Axelson's book, where he's combining the, the individuals who live in the the wild landscapes that he's photographing, and and mm. it's wonderful to be able to see all, all all of the different combinations because you might not, it's not necessarily the stuff that you would shoot, but you'll always take some form of inspiration from, be it colors tones compositions or was it, or or something mm. that, that you spot there that just become and also just, yeah. provide, just provide enjoyment and pleasure from actually looking through a beautiful body of work yeah and certainly if i ever was to decide to do any kind of portraiture work i think i'd be reaching for wade lawrence's book and going and then, so that's how it that's that's, that's how, how it it's be. done <laughs> yeah that's how it should be done yeah this is you what's know. on my this is what's on my computer what's where where have i gone wrong <laughs> Uh, it's, it's just it's just it's just brilliant 
Um, I've got loads more, but uh, one I wanted to mention is uh, it's not so much a book; it's more of a box set. Okay. So there's four four books in it. Yes. Okay. It's by a it's by a New York photographer called David Leventhal, and it's called War, Myth, and Desire. War, Myth, and Desire. Yeah. Interesting. And it's um, he 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 basically made his name recreating war scenes with models. All right. And then photographing them. So I think the first major work he was known for was called Hitler. I think it was called Hitler Moves East. Oh. So, um, and he basically builds these dioramas and photographs them in such a way that it kind of distorts reality. Cool. And that's kind that's kind of his shtick then. He, he, he builds things, models of hockey players, basketball Everything. players. And photographs them in a, in a in a very very sort of evocative and kind of interesting way. Mm. It's all about it's all about the American dream and um, consumerism and things like that. Yeah, oh, fantastic! That sound, sounds quite interesting. Again, something very very different. Um, yeah, you need a lot of time and patience to be able to 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 build all those. Models. Yeah, well, when I was studying photography, I did things. I I went in the kids toy box and dragged out all their toys and made portraits of them all right so when yeah. i was looking when i was like looking around that kind of way of working i discovered david Leventhal and uh, never looked back really and he's a um i wrote to him a couple of times and he always wrote back and he's a he's a again you know going from my what i've heard of him and what he said to me he's a he's a really nice guy and yeah and he's he just makes this very interesting and unusual work yeah, so, which is which is all, always great. It's always great to come across these yeah. these uh, these different approaches, um, which yeah. Yeah, can can inspire us all in different ways. It's, mm. uh, it, it just shows it's you all, that yeah. there, there's no right nor wrong way to be doing to be, to be doing photography or doing art. It's all up to the individual, all up to what what interests you and what what you see and what what you like fundamentally. As long as you're producing work that you like, for me that's mm. That's the basis of mine. I, I don't do photography as yeah. a job. I don't want it. It's a hobby. And if I, if I do work that I like every once in a while, then happy days. Hmm. Have you got room for one more? I'll let so, you. Sque- I'll let you squeeze in one more. Yep. It's last, uh, it's called it's, re- it's called Redland Blue Land by Claudio Hills. Redland Blue Land. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's basically it's landscape, but it's landscape about a specific part of the world so it's basically it's in germany and when the cold war was going on there was a little little section of the country which had been sort of closed off for war gaming yep and uh this guy's gone in there and he's photographed what was left after all that sort of stuff kind of went away when the wall came down so the the blue land refers to nato and the red land refers to the soviet bloc Yes, and they would war game in this area. But in what they did, they built sort of towns and things like that. Okay, but also with their their activity, it's kind of scarred and shaped the landscape as well. Right. Oh, it's, interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting book. It's mostly in German though, so mm-hmm. there's a bit of English text. But yes, uh, yeah. So but really, yeah it's, if I was going to do landscape, maybe that would be something I would. Yeah, I would sort yeah. of bear in mind. Yeah. Well, uh, again. It just shows you you can always take you can always take some of these inspirations and ideas into, into your own work. You may not 
no one's looking to copy or anything like that, but it all, all just provides yeah. provides a bit of a form of of an interest and a, a, a certain process that someone might it might just connect with you. That's yeah, and I think we're we're, we're like sponges, aren't we? So we're always absorbing stuff Definitely. from around us and and i think eventually it finds its way yeah into your work um whether it's you going i really like that i want to make work like that or you make work and you realize you've just taken on these influences without realizing it and then you go no oh, hang on this work looks a lot like this work but yeah it's kind of yeah. unavoidable but there you go it is but no, some what some wonderful selections there. There's a few new books that I've not come across, which I look forward to. I look forward to doing a bit more research on. Thankfully, there's a couple that I do have, so it's not yeah. going to be a wholly expensive, extortionately expensive episode, which is which is always <laughs> good. But at the same time, it's it's I always enjoy hearing some new names that I've not come across because it can just be produced some fascinating research for myself as well, and some, mm. some new ideas for inspirations for other. Other other people who are tuning into the podcast as well, but uh, so yeah. So how many books have you got now? Yeah, roughly three fifty something plus of thereabouts. That includes all the zines and stuff like that as well. <laughs> it's it's rough. Wow. It's rough. It's roughly about that. I have a list now. I need to because otherwise I'll forget which ones I've not added to the website and which ones haven't. I'm clearing the backlog up so. <laughs> Um, You're gonna need a need a bigger house or something at some point. Yeah, the bookshelf just gets rearranged every once in a while, and some things get taken off the bookshelf, and other things yeah. and more photo books get added. But there's 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 no shortage of bookshelf. Um, it just maybe needs to be adjusted at some point in the future. <laughs> adjusted. <laughs> that's a one, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Add, add some add some more shelves in it or something like that. But uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and certainly doing the podcast is has very much broadened my horizons and broadened my interests as well. Yeah. Um, well, so I go as far as to say it's 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 fast becoming one of those valuable resources as well. Because I mean, as you hear about books from people like me and other folks, we're hearing about what's going into your collection, and we're it's like it's like a, a circle of life. Well, that that's with it. Books. Yeah, that's it, and it's interesting because yeah, you you hear I hear about other books and. As much as as much as I would love to buy every book that gets mentioned to me, you can't. So you you do have to be selective. But at the same time, mm. just because I'm not buying it, it doesn't mean that other people won't aren't don't have an interest in it. And it, it's great to be able to share others' work as mm. well. Um, and maybe at some point when I find a bit more time, I'll find a way of trying to incorporate that a bit more into bibliotheques. Um, mm. Because it's easy, it's easier said than done. That's one thing for sure. When you've only got so much time. You kind of yeah. you kind of to prioritize what what needs to be done, and the priorities mm. are keeping the website up to date and doing all the podcasts. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's it's that grassroots thing as well, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, that's it. Not, yeah. You're doing your thing, and then you've got people like you got Photon down in South Wales, and yeah. there are, um, uh, uh, the Black Gaze in yeah. which I think comes out of Bradford, I think. <laughs> Things, um, things like that. Yeah, it's it's great. There's there's whole groups of people who are and organisations who are doing who are doing things to help promote people's work and photo books. And you've got a lot of really really small wee publishers who are producing mm. great work as well. So it's it's fantastic to see. And there's I think there's definitely strong interest in it. Um, and personally, long may that continue. Yeah. Well, I think with 
things like, well, you know, the internet, obviously, but things like Mixam with their printing and various other printers, yeah. everything becomes more accessible, more affordable. People are more able to talk to each other yeah. um, wherever they are in the country um, and build communities then and, and, you know, share ideas and share interests. Absolutely. It's, it's good stuff. Excellent. Well, on that note, David, I'd just like to yeah. thank you for thank you for your time this evening. It really has been a pleasure chatting to yeah, you. Yeah, I've loved it. It was really enjoyable. Glad you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed hearing you discuss your work in Newport Land and your experiences of producing it and, and also just to hear where you might take the project in the future because yeah. um, it definitely sounds as though you've got some good ideas and there's definitely some legs in, in, in the work that you've been producing. So thank you very much, David. Cheers. Thank you.